Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right then, it's a warm return after ooh, three or four weeks for Daniel Killick, during which time, uh, what what's happened in the world of rugby since then, Dan? We might have we might have the Six Nations disappearing over to Sky. Dan Big is injured, and uh, we got an injury crisis ahead of uh, the England game next week. Are the two things related? That's what I, would <laughs> I like. know. I think. You shouldn't have invited me to come back on. I think I brought some serious bad luck, haven't I? Well, it's when it's when you've been off, mate. That's the thing. You lose, you lose Killick, and we get struck down with we get struck down with bad luck. Okay, so I'm bringing I'm bringing I'm bringing the good luck then. Well, let's hope yeah. so. Let us hope so. We've on said, the eve of Wales versus England, or England versus Wales. Yeah, we've said this before. Uh, I'm not good in the lead up to Wales versus England at the best of times. But given injury concerns and everything else that's going on, I feel like this could be an even worse week this time around. Yeah, I know. Well, your your sort of elongated, yeah, then probably sums it all up, doesn't it? It's mm. going to be a very, very nerve-wracking week, isn't it? I think it is. And uh, you'll have to forgive me again because I'm slightly I'm slightly out of the loop playing a bit of catch up on the on the rugby news because I've been on a stag do in Porto this weekend so got back about 12 o'clock today so I've been trying to catch up on a on a bit of rugby as it happened I ended up rooming with a guy I'd never met before who worked in the ticket office for the Dragons and through one of my through one of my mates who uh my mate who's, who's from Oxford there's no Welsh connection whatsoever Turns out he, uh, he he's mates with Ollie Bennett, who works for the the Dragons in ticketing. How about that? Small world, eh? It is a small world. Yeah, it's good on stags, isn't it? When you 
you know, you meet up, you've got a couple of a couple of people you don't know, and then yeah, if it turns out to be to be somebody like that, what a great great connection it was. And yeah, a couple so, of tickets coming our way, or well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be the case. Good, good of you to ask, though, mate. Good of you <laughs> to ask straight away. That's it's, it. <laughs> we yeah, as you can imagine, finding uh, Premier Sports in Portugal was would have been quite difficult. So we followed the Dragons game on Twitter. And uh, obviously a pretty a pretty dramatic win in that one, uh, in what was probably not a particularly good weekend for the regions otherwise. But what, one thing that I find very interesting in there, Sam Davis with the last-minute penalty, a lot of injury concerns, as we said, particularly at fly half. Is he someone you'd be having to look at, Dan? If you were Wayne Pivak? You you have to be looking at looking at him, don't you? Um, you know, he's playing well, he's had a good season so far. Also, you know, Callum Sheedy went very, very well today, didn't he, for Bristol? Yeah, I mean, what's the deal with him? Is he, is, does he want to play for Wales or not? I don't think anybody quite knows, do they? Mm. I mean, he, he obviously he represented was... England, didn't he, in the, in, the, yeah. in the select sides, the uncapped game against, against the Barbars. So yeah. that would probably, I don't know, would you, if you wanted to play for Wales, would you play in that game? If your ambitions are playing for Wales, I, I don't know. Um, I'd certainly be looking at him. He looks really comfortable at the moment, playing, you know, playing in a good side. Everything he everything he tends to do is is coming off, passing game, kicking game, good running game. So he's got to be uh, he's got to be on the radar. Yeah, I, I, it's a you very know? very it's a tricky one this for me because I just think that I don't know. It's um, I, I don't know how interested he is in playing for Wales. That's the thing that. That I, I just find a bit of a puzzler with this one. He's a bit, a very, very talented footballer, but I'm just not sure he wants to play for Wales. No, he's, he's well. I, 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 I think we should uh, we should be making an approach, and that's mm. that's the way we'll know. But he certainly seems to be good enough. If you were in Wayne Pivak's camp, you'd be you'd be badgering and uh, and harrying him. I would absolutely. Interesting, very interesting. See, I don't know that. That's um, yeah, it's it's quite the conundrum, isn't it? Because you've got such a long string of injuries. That's the thing. It's not just oh, we haven't got any strength and depth at ten. Bigger out, Patchell out, and Anscombe out. All you know, all three are, are comfortably international class outside halves. There's a lot of pressure on Jared Evans, and then it, it starts to become. Uh, well, it's very, very thin. And like you say, you're looking, you know, you're looking across the bridge to, to Sheedy, there's Sam Davis, there's, you know, not a huge amount of options, but it, it's almost a kind of freakish amount of, of injuries in one position. Yeah, we've got a lot of bad luck there, haven't we? And he's playing in a very competitive league against big packs. You know, it could be quite, it could be quite timely with, uh, with us having, you know, England, England up next, but I've been keeping an eye on him for a while, and he he certainly looks he's certainly good enough to be to you know to be talked to be talked about with a Welsh call up. I would say at this moment in time, mm. and yeah, I'd uh, I think we've been a little bit a little bit slow over the last the last ten years then to <coughs> to look at players that are that are in form, and uh, you know the same could be the same for me as you know, can be said about. You know, Rhys lack of, uh, you know, lack of uh, 
you know, without without him being you know selected early, earlier on, really. But he's he's gonna he's gonna have to be picked next weekend, isn't he? Well, you you you'd think so, wouldn't you? But which is a hell of a think, place to come and make your debut, but it is, yeah. But he's confident, isn't he? He knows he knows those he knows a lot of the England boys. Play, yeah, played that, played against lots of them. I don't know whether it's yeah. I don't know whether it different. is that bigger. I don't get you know. I don't get this. Um, I heard Andy Howell talking about it this week, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, he's he, right. He plays plays against him every week, and so he scores tries. It's like, oh yeah, but so what? You know, you don't need to play against Manu Tuolangi to know he's going to cause you trouble. I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of Reece Sam, and I'm excited to see him play. But I don't kind of get this. Oh, he's just going to drop in, and he's, he's going to be absolutely fine at international level just because he plays in the English league. Everyone, you know, it's gonna it's a really hard place to go and win, especially when you've got bucket loads of injuries. You know, they got. They've got a very powerful team, and uh, and stopping it is is a very difficult thing to do. So I'm not. Yeah, there's sure no guarantee, I, is there, that he's gonna he'll have, he'll have a he'll have a great game and he'll he'll look as comfortable as he does playing for Gloucester. But I do think he's good enough, and I don't. I, I do. I I definitely think he's good enough. I think the bigger question is should he have had should he have had a cap against Italy, and yeah. at least then you know he's more me, definitely. Yeah, I think he should have though. Do you? I do actually, yeah. I, I, I suppose it's easy with hindsight. I can't remember what I said at the time. Now, I think I wanted him in the twenty-three, and uh, I have to go back and listen to that one to make sure I'm not being a massive hypocrite. But I just it. think it can be it can be damaging to uh, to a young player when they're playing. They literally can't do any more than they're doing, and mm. that is the case with him. He couldn't do anything more. It wasn't like we were we were saying, look, he's you know he's he, he's got. He's got a little bit of work to do in this facet of the game. He's literally playing superb rugby, and then he's not yeah. picked. I, I just, I think that it, it it doesn't do them doesn't do the players any good um, at that at, at that point, especially with us having Italy up first. But um, yeah, there we are. Oh, well, there we go. Well, look, we're going to get more into the England versus Wales game as the podcast goes on, but we've got loads to get through. Starting, I suppose, with that. With that Six Nations behind the paywall, uh, you know, massive, massive story there that, that the rugby paper have have led with today. It seems to say that the Sky are very much in the box seat to get the next contract, which I think is is next year, and then will be a massive change. So, before we get into listeners' questions and things like that, Dan, let's just let's have your take on on this. Where do you stand on the the free to air debate? Yeah, I mean, firstly, we felt this was coming, didn't we? The moment CBC mm-hmm. uh, were linked with, you know, was linked with rugby, it was probably probably only a matter of time. But I think it's sad. I, I, I do think it's it's not great for for rugby. And the biggest shame for me is that it will take what has always been a very very inclusive tournament and and sport really as well to a degree then but certainly the six nations has been an inclusive uh inclusive tournament to to to, to be in you know more exclusive and i just think rugby is not in the greatest of health is it and this will have i would say have damaging it'll definitely have damaging uh connotations really linked to it so yeah pretty you know pretty upset about it really but also, I do feel that it's it was kind of inevitable. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I I think that was that was the case all along. 
like you know rugby in Wales in particular like we said it has needed investment and it's a double-edged sword isn't it because we're quite happy to see the see money come into the club game we've been talking for for months now about a potential British and Irish league and how that would be a really a really exciting proposition but like we've said, you know, they are then by no means a charity. When they get involved in something, they want to make some serious money on it. And that, when it comes to the Six Nations, if this story is, you know, is true and, and happens in this way, then, you know, you, I'm not saying you've got to take the rough with this move, but you're right. There's an, an air of inevitability about it. Now, from my from my point of view, I'm with you. I I don't want to see... The, the Six Nations behind a paywall. It's just that accessibility to it. And I know there's been certain people being quick to point out on on Twitter today that, oh, yeah, well, you know, getting kids into it. Because, you know, we we had that route, Dan, right, where we watched it on telly as a kid and Bill McLaren and all that. And it it kind of sparks your love for rugby. And that's that's kind of how you – I don't know if it, was a, if it was the same for you. It certainly was for me. No, it was. Yeah, definitely. As a as, – yeah, as a little boy, isn't it? You, yeah, you know, you, you're watching it at you're watching it at home. I mean, I was watching some of the games at the club as well, but yeah, which is great. Yeah, the special times in in your house watching it with with family with family members. And the, fact, the fact that it's free and readily available, and a lot of people have been kind of quick to point out, well, you know, younger generation don't watch live TV, and that is true, right? That the, that they don't. Well, some but, don't, but, but still, but still, making it free. One sport is an exception to that. Um, and two, making it free just make, means it's more accessible. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I think okay, even, even if you weren't to watch it live, you would you'd have the opportunity to watch it. So there is a chance having a big, a big broadcaster like the BBC to be able to to provide that for free, whether it's on iPlayer, whether it's on BBC One wherever it might be that's that's the thing and you know and, and there'll be people who won't be able to afford sky um sky subscriptions as well so it's i don't know it, it does feel really bad for the very top level and um uh yeah it's it's a bit a bitter pill to swallow i think yeah absolutely i think with the six nations though it is one of those it's one of those tournaments it's so iconic that you do you kind of as a family then and if you've got if you've got young children you you know, a lot of people, yeah, do build, you know, build their weekends or their Saturdays or Sundays around, say, if we, you know, we're talking about Wales, say Wales playing and you'll get, you know, you'll get some food in, some drinks in and, and you will watch it live. I think, you know, with the younger generation, you say like, you know, YouTube is massive on music, isn't it? And, uh, you know, and things like that. And I know highlights are as well. You can mm. really watch a lot of highlights through, through those. Yeah. Through that medium, but that's another one. You know, is like having the highlights free to. If that journey is slightly different, that you know, that a young kid sees on, you know, sees on social media and goes, "Oh wow, look at that! That's amazing! Look at this!" You know, 70, 70 yard try. That's brilliant. And then it ends up watching a game next week. That's the, that's that opportunity. You know, it's so it's the fact that it's free rather than just oh that you know it's broadcast on tv it's the fact that it's free and accessible and you don't have to pay for it that's the that's the bit that i think when it comes to top level live sport that you have to protect these these kind of um these crown jewel events and uh i saw i saw jamie phillips who's uh 
again, you know, long time listener to the pod saying on there that the Six Nations should be a protected crown jewel sport like the Olympics that has to be on a, a free to air broadcast. And I absolutely agree. You know, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's an upsetting one if it is if it is definitely true. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is. It is upsetting, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? But as as we touched on earlier, there is that air of uh, inevitability with it. But that doesn't. That certainly doesn't make it right. All right, let's link it to one of the listeners' questions. This one's for me and Alexander. Six Nations behind a paywall. Will it encourage more club house, uh, clubhouses to watch, or will it simply deter the more casual fan? I think it'll. <laughs> So I've seen quite a lot of, of this on Twitter that a lot of you know a lot of people have said that it could uh, could be good for clubs you know get everyone you know make a big sort of a big event of it down at the local rugby club and you know drive revenue for the clubs and and all and all come together but and I think that that there is something in that but equally there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to go to the club for whatever reason. Yeah, and so you do miss. It's just so dangerous, isn't it? Because not everybody has the ability to get to a club. You've also got you've got loads of different reasons, not just financial. You've got you've got you know you've got logistics. You've got uh, you know the way in which you know different families are set up. People working Saturdays. You know, mm. it just it, it it only works for for a number, doesn't it? So we're just going to cut off a. We're going to cut off a real, a real uh, important group of, 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 you know, fans and potential fans and lovers of the sport or yeah. people that might well come into it that we just can't afford to do, and, uh, you know, we're all going to be fine because we love we love the game and we'll still we'll still find a way of watching it. But I do worry about, you know, new people seeing access, you know, g- gaining access to the sport. And if anything is going to is going to really get hold of you and excite you. It's going to be the Six Nations, isn't it, with the pomp and and ev- and everything about it. There's a real air of excitement. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's like you say. It's just it's another barrier, right, to to get over. If you and look, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm I think it's really important that that kind of clubhouses look to um, look to get people down there and. And it's a you know it's a fantastic thing to to do to be able to go and you know to go and watch a game in your local club, but um, it is another barrier in a world like we say where with with Netflix and everything else you're not just competing against other sports here you're competing against a world of kind of instant entertainment at every at every every different um, every different way you turn so. Yeah. Having something free and on a big broadcaster, it, it definitely it definitely helps getting people into the game. I think I, I you know I'm I'm almost sure of it, and I, I know the the cricket example is one that um, is one that I've used before when it when it went behind a paywall in 2005. Now again, the, the the TV landscape has changed massively since then, but at the same time, it has had a hugely damaging effect on participation in. Um, at a grassroots level just because it doesn't have that visibility and you know cricketers aren't the household names they once were and it's not it's not as straightforward as going oh, if you put the top sport on tv people get into it there has to be a clear pathway to do it but it's just another barrier and and like we say you know it's 
we want to be growing this game to get more people into it as from a you know from a from a financial point of view and because you know we don't, we don't want empty stadiums you don't want we want people to go and watch and then fall in love with the game as as much as possible so yeah. i think it is a big blow yeah, yeah. Something, there's something else that i you know you've got the you've got the young that it's not going to be easy for and you've also got the elderly as well i haven't yeah. heard much many people talk about the the elderly that can't get out mm. they'd love they'd love to get out they'd love to get out and probably watch the game and uh, you know with a group of friends but it's just not possible and that is really sad isn't it that you can't watch something that you've always watched on the TV and the highlight that, that the Six Nations would bring, I'm sure, mm. would be would be off the charts. It'd be immeasurable. And the fact that that, that no longer is there is, you know, it's, I think it's, it's catastrophic, really. Mm. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you. It's, uh, if, you know, again, you know, this things might change but all the reaction certainly seems to to point towards the fact that this is this is where it's heading and I, I do think it's a it's a sad and a, and a worrying thing but if it is the case then you know like we say we have to do everything um everything you can to try and make it a success at things like clubhouses you know and, and get people in and and drive um drive people into the game in other ways but it's it just makes it makes it that much more difficult and to me looking at it in the cold light of day, CVC are in this to make money, right? They've invested in a minority share in, in uh, Six Nations. And the only way, that is my understanding of it, the only way they can get that money back is through driving a big TV rights deal. And there's only a certain amount of growth that you can do with BBC and ITV. You've got to go to the big boys. And um, and I think that's, that's what's going to happen because the reality is they need to see that money they need to see that money back and the long-term future of the game isn't really a concern for them because they're, you know, they're investors. They're not, they're not rugby people. Is there anything, obviously this is fairly linked to what you do, you know, from a, on a Monday to Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday. <laughs> is there anything, is there a middle ground? Is there something else that could be done that will? Uh, I mean, I've said before, I'm quite a big fan for, of the the kind of arrangement that we have with the Heineken Cup and uh, the English Premiership, do it now where they have you know some some degree of free games on free to air television. So you know Channel Four have a game on the Heineken Cup, and then you also have Channel Five doing I think it's five English Premiership games a season. So that's quite good for a league tournament because it does kind of push you in that direction and go oh that was good I enjoyed that where can I where can I watch some more of that and the problem is with you know the Six Nations. It's a it's a, a small tournament that has you know has five game weekends, and and three games on each of them. So realistically, if you're if you're Sky, you cannot give out. You can't give one of them away, and they won't. And it's it's a similar. I don't see any way forward in terms of having you know like a bit of it free to air. I, I think it's going to be. You know, I think you might get highlights, and uh, and that's it. Which is not the same. Rug, rugby highlights. Uh, are not the same as, as watching a, a full live game. No. Okay. So there's nothing in the middle I, then. Well, I don't know. Really? I, I don't see, I don't see one in this scenario. I think if it yeah. goes to sky, it goes to sky and you know, we, you and me will probably end up, you know, I'll end up getting a sky subscription probably off the back of it or using now TV and, uh, and going and 
you know, going and buying that and doing a now TV day pass or whatever. And, you know, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity around that. I suppose the thing is sky will market this hard. They're going to want people to, to come in and, and buy subscriptions and, and pay for it on now TV. However, they, however they see ways of monetizing it. So, you know, sky are a massive advertiser. So they, they are going to push this hard if they do get it. But, I don't know. For me, I just think that versus that versus the um, the big platform you have of of having it live and free to air is is not the is not the desired route. Yeah, we're both in agreement on that. Then, so. all right, mate. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a somber point. Let's see it if, is. Let's see if there's some more um, some more enthusiastic stuff when we get stuck into a few more listeners' questions. But first, we are going to take a very quick break. This is Keelan Jaws, and you're listening to Attack and Scrum, sponsored by So Coffee Trades. Right, Dan, let's see if we can cheer ourselves up a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure this one's going to help. This one's from... Uh, <laughs> is, there a, is there a counselling available for people struggling to come to terms with Dan Bigger's injury ahead of Twickenham next week? We've, we've spoken about some of the, the potential solutions. I mean, ultimately, Jared Evans is the next cab off the rank though, right? Yeah, he is. That's, that's a big game for him. Mm. Big, big game to come into, isn't it? The cauldron of Twickenham. How have you found uh, Jared's performances at international level so far? I think this six. If, if we're looking at this Six Nations, I think he's done. He's done well. Mm. He's looked sharp when he's come on. You know, he's a running threat, isn't he? But he always has oh, been. Yeah. But uh, this, uh, you know, England are going to be. You know, England will be keeping it tight, wouldn't they? They'll be really hurtling down his channel. It's very different when you start the game as opposed to coming on. Mm. And this game, he's going to be starting then, more than likely. It's a massive, massive challenge for him. He's going to have to put it. He's going to have to have a, you know, his best tackling, uh, tackling boots on, isn't he? Tactically, he's going to have to be on the money. It's yeah, the biggest, you know, biggest game of his life, isn't it? Is there an opportunity here to really throw caution to the window? And, you know, because that back line, looking at it, I think you're going to have, for me, I would have Thomas Williams back in the side. I would have, and, you know, I'd go with Jared Evans with him. Then I'd probably keep the centre, the two centres the same. I mean, if, like, you might, you might be more up to date on this than me, but I don't anticipate Sanjay being fit. So I think... Halfpenny will would stay at fifteen, and then you have to go resum it on one wing, and then who? I mean, who else have we got fit in the back three? I mean, you're either praying on Liam to be fit because Hal Amos picked up a picked up a knock in uh, before the game, didn't he? So again, I don't yeah. know if that's a, if that's an ultra precautious thing that they might be looking to, um, you know, if there was any slight concern over him, they re- they rest him for that game on Friday night, but. Uh, because I mean, yeah, again, I suppose he'd be he'd be fairly high on this. Is there someone I'm missing here? But McNichol, McNichol, sorry, of course, McNichol will be on that on that one wing. I think. I mean, if you look at that side, like you say, yeah, they're going to have to have big defensive games, but you you can't try and play a con- containing game with that as a backline. I think you've yeah. really got to throw a caution to the wind and and try and play a, a hugely attacking game and and try and catch England 
you know, off their, um, what's the word, you know, try and catch off guard, them. I suppose. Yeah, off guard, that, I guess. That's where it is exciting, isn't it? We are going to have to, yeah, just play. <laughs> it's going to have to be every bit the exciting game and some that we that we know that Pivac, that Pivac wants to play and they're going to have to, I don't think anybody's expecting expecting us to win, really and truthfully. And they're just going to have to they're just going to have to go out there, aren't they? And and really try and move, you know, move England around. Big big offloading game. We need mm. to see if McNichols there. We need to see a big a big start and you know, Scarlett's S performance from him, don't we? And it is it is quite exciting, isn't it? It's I'm nervous and. I'm not hopeful, but at the same time, there's there is something uh, that makes me quite sort of excited about the fact that we're just going to have to go for it. Yeah, well, that's, that's I think you know in the back. The, the thing that concerns me, that's been the biggest concern over the past two games, is the lack of joy we've had at the breakdown, which has historically been a very strong area for us, and the effect that that's had in the defence out wide. We're and, really missing the VD, aren't we? I th- yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's, I think that that side with a Navidi or an Ellis Jenkins, and I'd say potentially even maybe a Corey Hill in the second row, ha- having you know the way that the way that Pivac played the Scarlets, it was built on the fact that they had a lot of jacklers who were able to turn over ball and they attacked off they attacked off turnover ball and scored a lot of tries in that way. And I kind of feel like we're missing that at the moment. In uh, in the pack now again, some of those you know maybe maybe tips will have what you know an outstanding day in terms of in terms of turning ball over. Yeah, maybe maybe Dylan Lewis might might be able to to provide a load of those as well. So you you, know, you never know. But my gut feel says personnel wise, I think that has to change a bit in the pack in order to in order to try and and try and play that kind of Scarlet's way that that he had such great success. Do you think the selections then is a little bit, I mean, some of this obviously forced, isn't it? His hand is forced, but it's a bit mixed with, yeah, the Scarlet's got a huge amount of success, didn't they, with turnover and then shifting the ball quickly. Mm. I mean, yeah, if you... If you turnover could, kings, a lot of them aren't playing. If you look at those players in, in that Scarlet's pack, you know, you had Byrne, who was, he turns over like a seven despite playing in the second row. I know obviously he did, he played six, he played eight, but... Ultimately, second row is his best position, and he can turn. He could turn over. He could turn over. You know, three turnovers in a game quite, quite easily. And then you had you know likes of James Davis and uh, Johnny Barkley in there as well. So you had you had lots of turnover options in the in that pack. And I just I just feel at the moment that yeah, like you say, our our best exponents of the turnover aren't available. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably quite quite fair to say. I mean, but some of it is in. Yeah, we've got to we've got to look at the injuries as well, haven't we? But I think we have scored. We have created some some decent opportunities. Yeah, I think we have. And the the, the sort of strangest part of the way in which we're playing for me is that I cannot understand where what we're doing with our kicking game. It's mm. I. I it's it's I yeah, I just don't get it. I'm stuttering because I can't I can't understand it. I can't fathom it. It's absolutely appalling at the moment. And our defence as well is there's some strange things going on there. 
I th- the actual, I the actual attack has been has been okay. It's been all right, you know. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And you know, I think there are times when we could be a bit more clinical. But like you say, you know, that France game, we could have won it at the end. And if we hadn't have given away, the, you know, the soft tries. So this is why I don't think it's all panic, because that you know that France game, and they're a very good side now. France, I think they you know they're they're showing that they've got some some real potential, and it's starting to click. But you know, the half penny half penny dropping a high ball, which doesn't happen very often. You had uh, we got caught out at a, um, at a driving lineup because they'd done our home they'd done their homework on that, and that that was a soft try to concede. And then we had an intercept too so the tries they conceded I know there, there were some really alarming looking gaps when we got caught very short out wide and that does need to change but at the same time I don't think it's it's need for panic I think things there are still things that, that if they click into place will mean we're we're going to get but it is also quick. a need for change isn't it we need to we need to change and react quicker than we're doing yeah because these these defensive oversights out wide have happened in a couple of games now. Uh, we've we got we've got that wrong. We've definitely got that wrong. And yeah. I think you know, like when we had uh, Garrett on last week, saying, you know, committing too many men to the breakdown. You know, when you've got you know four play four players going in, and it just it leaves you it leaves you exposed. And to be honest, I really wasn't expecting it that way. I thought, uh, I guess, just naively looking at it, thinking, well, if Warburton comes in as a comes in as a breakdown consultant, you kind of expect players to be a bit more smart about kind of when you're going in. But this seems like a premeditated defensive strategy and it is leaving us exposed in the third to 13 and 14 channel. And, you know, when North's been playing there, like we said, defence isn't necessarily his strongest point anyway. Nick Tompkins is finding his feet at international level. And then you've got McNichol on the pitch. Likewise, he's, you know, he's, his defensive game isn't the strongest part of his, of his skill set. So there's a lot going on that, that I think that that's the bit they'll have they will have to look at is how do you how do you be much more effective at that breakdown and stop looking exposed in the wider channels. Yeah, yeah. So we it's a strange it's been quite a strange tournament for me because I think we we obviously beat we beat Italy comfortable but they were but they were poor. Ireland, I, I, Ireland with the Ireland and the, and the French game, I think we could have won both those games. Mm. And there was a lot of a lot of errors from us. We made. We made uncharacteristics mistakes then, which potentially we were always going to do with the, with the, you know such a dramatic changeover of, of you know the coaching and staff. But some of them I don't think we should have made. So we could have we could have been sitting here talking tonight with 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 a series of wins. Yeah. So yeah, it isn't all doom and gloom, is it? But it certainly does feel that way. Yeah, I know. I mean, the the strange thing is that we got you know it's it's an odd Six Nations anyway, isn't it? Because it's um, you've got games being cancelled as well. You know, Ireland might not play another game because of coronavirus. So it's 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 going to be a, stra- a strange old yeah. Six Nations. But you know, at the same time, you kind of think, well, look, is this an opportunity? I don't, and I don't know, losing to England, you're always going to get you're always going to get grief. But um, I think with that in you know with that in mind, you've kind of got to be attacking and ambitious, and you know I don't know. Do you, the reality is, I think we do need to think about it in the the long term here, and you know, is there an opportunity to really move on the way that the way that we play? And but it's going to be a hard place to go and do it. 
yeah, it is. It is going to be a hard place, but I think equally, if we see it as an opportunity, then and you know we are going to go down this, you know, the way Pivac wants to play, then you know, as opposed to maybe being in this sort of quasi position at the moment, go all out for it, go absolutely all out for it in this game. No one's expecting us to do it, and yeah, let's see if uh, see if it comes off. But it's certainly. Certainly high risk, isn't it? And that could lead to a, a drubbing, couldn't it? Equally, so yeah. No, you, you're absolutely right. But I, I, I don't know. I just think that <laughs> what else do you do when you look at that England side? And if Eddie Jones picks anything like the pack that he did against uh, against Ireland, you know, and obviously with with two Lang, I think we know what they're going to do. And it's it's easy to say, okay, well, it's, you know, it's a big pack. You want to move them around. But you know, I think we're just going to. I think we're going to have to do that, and we're going to have to really go out of our way to to roll the dice. Because if you try and create a, you know, try and like you say, try and play a, a contained kicking game, they'll run it back, they'll smash over the game line, and they'll and they'll they'll batter us anyway. So I, I'd kind of almost, I'd almost rather that we rolled the dice, and if we end up taking a bit of a hiding, it happens. But you know, you kind of don't you don't die you know don't die wondering, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on that, and I really do, I really do feel that we have to get our kicking our kicking game sorted from nine, uh, from ten, and from fifteen as well in this game, uh, because otherwise I could see it being a yeah twenty point you know twenty point win for England comfortably. Mm. <laughs> I'm just looking at the next question off the yeah. Where, where's uh, the optimism the coming from? It's the, well, it's this way. This one's from Paul Price. It says, "Am I the only one feeling relaxed about Saturday?" I'm glad someone is, Paul. I'm glad someone <laughs> is. It's uh, it's incredible how fragile my belief in Welsh rugby is. Uh, I've gone from being expectant to hopeful, uh, and I'll. Um, an old familiar feeling. Do you know what? I, I kind of understand that actually. I, I think I feel more hopeful. I I look at it and just think there's so many injuries, and that's the thing. It's not just about you know Gatlin's gone and we're trying to move things on there are a lot of injuries and we've got a lot of top class international players injured right now and that is that's that's definitely having an effect and developing strength in depth I think we've done very well and Gatlin did it very well particularly around that kind of that 2018 mark of bringing players through who really helped to to create that that level of depth but there is there is still a there is still a, a point that there's just a huge amount of injuries that, that are going to have a knock-on effect here. Yeah, it's a huge amount of in, it's a huge amount of injuries. I just or is that not an excuse anymore, mate? But it is for us, isn't it? I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an excuse for England because of the, of the depth. Mm. Uh, we we just it's always going to hit us, isn't it? And always it always will do. But equally, we have got some very exciting players that we have been keeping back a little bit. Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to be involved. I, I can't wait to see if Jared starts, I'm excited for it. Mm. You know, if we get, if, if, if Zamit starts, you're definitely going to be excited. And, you know, McNichol, if we, if he can find the form that, if you can find the club form then. Yeah. I think he's had a tough transition, isn't he? Into, I think he has, yeah. You know, into the international game, but that's okay. That happens sometimes, doesn't it? And as long as he, you know, he just needs to make 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 some changes. But if he gets his game going, then those offloads will will, will create room. And we've seen, you know, we've seen quite a bit of Alan Wynn of me out wide getting yeah. uh, getting the offload. So I think we can we can stretch him around. But I 
I've said it so many times, I'm going to have to say it again, just get this kicking game sorted. What are you, what are you doing kicking-wise, Dan? And, and let's be honest, mate, there is, there is an, a small to medium-sized chance you might end up on the bench for Wales, you know. Dust, dust off them boots one more, mate. One dust more off the Puma Kings. <laughs> love, love those boots. There we go, the nice boots then. The yeah, nice they were good. Um, so England, England are 15. Uh, you, you can do something with them there, and mm. nobody has done that yet. They're a little bit they're a little bit fragile, I would say, in that position. Are they fragile anywhere else on the park? No. Really, are they? Apart from Yes, he keeps playing locks at six. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I look, he had a good game. And they came off. Had, and he was, you know, he was man, of, man of the match, right? But Ireland were very poor that day. They, they were, were very, very poor. And I hope he does that against us because I, I think that that could be their downfall. So their their downfall might be might be Eddie. Hmm. I mean, it helps. It helps them that Atoji's playing. You know, in the, the breakdown-wise, he's playing like a back row and causing all kinds of havoc there. But for me, that that is that is a, that is a potential weakness, I think. And the thing with England is, you, you know, you if they don't get over the game line, they don't look like they have a plan B, and they start throwing the ball around way too far behind the game line. So, like I say, it's, it's going to be hard to to try and contain it, but. I think if we're you know if we're clever with the with the way that we play, there there are some weaknesses in that side, and I agree with fifteen. But well, you're, you're right; it has to be a yeah, it has to be a clever a clever kicking out, and that's I think that's why Big is a, a real blow because you could see him causing trouble with with his ability in the air as well as his kicking ability, and and trying to looking to you know to kind of target daily at fifteen where you know the high ball isn't the the strongest the strongest suit so it is a blow it is a blow with bigger yeah on the kicking mm. you know the kick obviously the kick chase he, he we gathers better than anybody but equally the kicking he has been you know, he's been involved in in putting the ball into into places that you know kicking it straight down to you know the french number eight i mean he, he must have been he was loving it wasn't he just running back running back at a canter smashing people then we've been kicking into the 15s you know the 15s arms I think Elliot Daly, we can move him around. I also think Johnny May as well. If you if you pin it behind him, he he is likely to make an error. Obviously, going forward, he's it's bizarre, really, isn't it? Because he's he's got he's got he's got really good. And oh, I think he in the you know in the last few years he's one of the most improved players in world rugby, and he's yeah he's a world class finisher now. And I think if there was a, if there was a Lions test tomorrow, I think he'd be starting on one wing. He's a world-class finisher, yeah, he is. But he's still got, I, for me, he's still got some errors in him if you turn him. And mm. so I think, yeah, if we look at 15, then one of the wings, and then if Eddie Jones helps us out by picking, you know, picking second rows in the back row, that that will assist us, especially with, you know, obviously Falatau got through another 80 today, didn't he? He, he, he yeah. is. He's not quite at the races, I would say, at the moment. He's, you know, I think he's had some of his quietest games in a, in a red jersey. And yeah, the standards are very, very high. But apparently, uh, he's saving himself, Jed, for the England game. But this is it. As I think there are, you know, there are some big performances from while we do have it. While we do have injuries, it's still a, it's still a pack with Alan Wynne Jones and Justin Tipperick and Toby Falatau in there, and they and are Ken Owens. You think Ken Owens? Ken, some serious like, operators here. Absolutely, and. They, you know, they are experienced players, and I think we haven't necessarily seen those huge performances from them so far that that we've kind of come to expect. So 
that's that's another reason to be hopeful. I think that you can kind of look at look at those players and say, well, you know, a massive game from a couple of them could be the difference. Could be the difference. Moriarty has to start as well for me. Absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would agree with that. Yeah, in this game, get him in there, really mixing it up, physical, vocal, just a complete nuisance. He's played well, hasn't he, as well? Yeah, I thought he I thought he acquitted himself very well against France. He was, I think, probably our best player actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's yeah, he lives for these games, doesn't he? He he's does. Like, yeah, yeah. I still you, think his best performance in a Wales jersey is that game in 2017 where he was just putting hit after hit after hit and smashing big players backwards. You know, that's 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 what he I was, he was not happy about coming off, was he? No, he wasn't, and. Yeah, no, I suppose we don't need to don't need to go over all of that again. It was three years ago now. But um, where's the optimism? No. Yeah, you know, I, I think yeah, I absolutely agree with you. What would your team be then, Dan? Let's go let's go for it. One to fifteen if you were if you were selecting this side. You take the forwards then, I'll take the backs. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you haven't got many options in the backs, have you? But uh, no. I would be going here. Hmm. I, I would go Win Jones once again, I think. You're going to give him <sighs> yeah, another run? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the scrum, I thought prior to that, to that, the one that cost us the game, was was much improved. So I would be going Win Jones again. I would be going Ken Owens. And I think I would go Dylan Lewis again too. So I'd, I'd stick with the I'd stick with the same there, and you know I, I, it's a close. I thought you might have you might have made a change there with Dylan. I, do you know what? I I think I said I, I would for the um, for the Ireland game, but I think looking at this, I would be tempted to keep him the same. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't be leaving him on for far too long like they did in Dublin. You know you need to you need to you need to bring him off so that you you're getting good impact out of Liam Brown off the bench. Uh, I mean, the second row, I think you've got to go the same again, really. I mean, I, the only potential thing I, I would be half tempted to look at is I thought Roland's had a very big impact off the bench against France. He had some big carries, a couple of busts where he kind of he kind of got through and just wonder whether that might be an interesting one. What would your take on that? Yeah, I'd have to have another look back at how how impactful he was when he, mm. when he came on. It seemed, he seemed to go... Seemed to go fairly well. I, I, there's something about this. There's something that seems to be slightly lacking in the second row for me at the moment. It's I not agree, quite. Yeah. It's not. It's not quite working the partnership. And why do you think that is? I, I don't quite know really. I mean, I think Corey Hill is. We we seem to struggle. We seem to struggle without Corey Hill and Navidi in the side, and I think they're just so smart that the pair of them play, you know, playing. We're certainly not the same Welsh side without without uh, without Navidi. Yeah. And the more and more I think about it, I think we massively miss Corey Hill's uh, smartness, the way in which he can adapt and change the course of of the play. Where I we don't often see that from the others. He, he tends to sort of make a change, make a big, big play that changes the course of the direction of the game. The more and more I, I, I think about it. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, I, I agree. I think we are missing here. You know, I'm a massive, massive fan of his. Ball had a fantastic World Cup. 
And uh, again, you know, maybe maybe it's a massive game, but I think I think I would probably be going Ball and Alan Wing Jones again, just given that there's going to be so many changes in the backs. I think the more stability you can have, you know, I don't think you need to be changing because you know all it would take is is kind of a couple of changes in the pack, and then and then you've got almost wholesale wholesale changes. So I'd be yeah, uh, there like, is potentially. So if we do go with Moriarty in the back row. Falatau and Tipperick, there is a chance then that we may see a change in the second row. Ball obviously gives that huge, that huge carrying option, doesn't he? Massively physical and then mm. supports the front row, you know, the front row very nicely on the scrummaging side of things. <clears throat> Moriarty is going to start six, so probably, you know, possibly then a more physical, a more physical six than the Wainwright, or classically then. Yeah, I think, so, you, I think you have to start Moriarty again. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think you have to go Moriarty. Tiffrick, Falatau in the back row. So you could yeah. make that change in the second row. Do you know what? I think I would do it. I would I'd go, be all right for it. Go, yeah. I'd go Will Rowlands. Okay, uh, with so Ball on the bench. In the pack with Ball on the... Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I know Seb, Seb Davis is in the squad, but I think he's a he's a little way away from that at the moment, isn't he? And have we got anyone else fit in the second row? So Adam Beard. Oh, Beard, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I would go Ball on the bench. Ball. He's not yeah. somebody you'd want to see coming on, is he? Making some no, huge no. carries that could work nicely. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. Yeah, the only the only problem is that we've said before we kind of we miss miss ball carriers, and so that you know that is one way by kind of taking out. But I do think Roland's adds that you know has that in him as well. So it's that I, size I, as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. the fact that he is familiar. I know you sort of kicked it a little <laughs> bit earlier, but he is familiar with the English guard, and I actually think that. Yeah, okay, you still, like, you gave the Manitou Elagi uh, mm. example. If you faced, though, the English boys um, on a number of occasions, you do, even though you know, oh, shit, I've got to play against these boys again, because you played against them a number of times, you do feel that little bit more comfortable than if you're going in, like, I've never played against this guy. Mm. You, you, there's that fear, there's that fear in there, because there's the unknown. Now, you can still be you know, shitting yourself from playing against them. If you know, if you know them from, uh, you know, from, from your games previously, but I do think it's different. And so that could be a nice, uh, a nice option for us actually. Yeah. I think like you're saying, it just, it doesn't seem to be quite firing at the moment. So I'd be looking at that as, as the one change. What, so what are you doing in the backs? So I go, we've got to go for it as we touched yeah. upon earlier. So I go with, with Thomas Williams Thomas Williams at nine, yeah. Jar- Jared at ten. The same centre partnership, yeah, yeah. I think Parks has been fantastic, really, really impressive with him. It, 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 but he's been sort of on his own so often, hasn't he? Yeah. Tompkins, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I go Tompkins again, absolutely. I, Tompkins I, scored on the weekend as well. Good try. Looked looked sharp, hungry. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna feature very, very heavily under pivot. Yeah, and if there's a. He's gonna he's gonna relish this one as well, isn't he? At Twickenham, can you yeah. imagine how excited he'll be? Uh, then half penny at fifteen. Mm-hmm. Zamit on one way, mm-hmm. and I would go with McNichol. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. On the other wing, and and look to probably look to bring him in. Probably look to bring him into the game in the first receiver channel or. Yeah, first, re- yeah, first receiver at at certain times, but not too often. I think we there's a hab- we, we we can't we can't keep doing that with him. 
because it just it, it just won't work. But every every now and again, bring him in. Just look just look for him to either either break a tackle or get an, get an offload in in that yeah. in that congested area. And I do think that's where we could potentially cause some sh- some some issues actually as well with some cute some cute offloading between the between the forwards, which to give credit to the to the Welsh coaching side, we have seen some nice plays. No, I think you're absolutely right. Let's let's finish on this then, Dan. Let's get a we're bringing the optimism now. Yeah, the tempo. go on. Let's let's have a, on. let's have a prediction for you. Wales to win twenty. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I can't possibly say Wales are going to lose because I'm confident you're going to say that. Stop sitting on the fence. Wales by three. Wales by three. Oh, mate, I would absolutely love that. <laughs> Can you I, imagine? I think, we'll, I think we'll play well, but I think it could be one of those where a bit like that game in Ireland a couple of years ago where we were in it with one play and, and Anscombe threw an intercept. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Like we're, we're kind of five points down, five points down with a few minutes to play and they score late on. So I'm going to go England by 12, but in a game that, Wales play very well and, and, and run them the whole way. Okay. I'm going as well. You what? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, very I didn't know what I didn't know what to say and just sort of lay low. Um because it is is a really difficult place to go, isn't it, as a fan? Mate, I've had brilliant days <sighs> and like my best and worst rugby days, I think, have been there. I genuinely do. I think the 2012 when Scott Williams when Scott Williams scored that try, I just yeah, you were there, weren't you? I was there. I, mate, I was right as the ball sat up. I had great seats oh. that day. As the ball sat up, it was like right in front, right in front of me, and that was just superb. And then you know, I've also been there when we've been when we've been thumped as well, and and it's it's relentlessly bad. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it's just the, the stakes are so high for this game. You know what I mean? It's just they are high, uh, but imagine if we do it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a it, great it'd be a great thing. It it will be so. Yeah, I'm 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 looking no forward one, to no it. One, you've gone for the optimism, mate. If you're going, that's that's what it is. I think. And I need yeah, exactly. I'm going. I'm going to be yeah. Friday night, nice little build up down at down at London Welsh as well. Yeah, with the Valindra Shane Williams meal. Yeah, or nice. evening. So that should be good. Just yeah, just cranking it, cranking it up a little bit. So it's going to be a yeah big weekend for rugby. Just hope it's uh, it's the rugby that we that we want. Well, I think we've been a bit more a bit more optimistic than we started. A bit more a bit more cheerful than we sorry we finished a bit more cheerful than we started. So let's uh, let, let's end on that note, mate. Just quickly, just, yeah, I would, quickly. I would, end. I would just think my batteries, my batteries have uh, have absolutely drained my physical batteries in my my body. If you know what I mean, you left them um, in Porto, didn't you? I think I might have. Yeah, in need of in need of a recharge. So let's bring it to an end for this week. But thank you indeed for listening, and uh, thanks uh, thanks Dan for joining us. Let's hope your optimism is uh, is well placed, and we can get that result on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.